The following is a message by Pastor Ken Prater of Durkeytown Baptist Church in Fort Edward, New York. For more information about Durkeytown, please visit our website at www.durkeytown.org. That's D-U-R-K-E-E-T-O-W-N dot O-R-G. Home on our Facebook feed. Uh, we want to welcome you to the service as well. Uh, make sure you put your name in the comments section. It will encourage us to know you're following along. And in your Bibles, uh, if you would go to uh, Numbers chapter number 6. I was wondering who would get the genealogy reading. Uh, Jude, job well done. Trisha, thank you so much also. And Dave, uh, for your reading. You know, the public reading of Scripture is commended by the Apostle Paul as of great importance in the life of the church. And uh, the more we do it, the more I realize that there's a real contest, I think, that goes on um, because it's unusual uh, in a church for Scripture to be read. And, um, you know, I, I realize that, you know, you love our church, but you probably talk to people, and you're like, what do, what do you do at your church? And they, and they say, you read that much of the Bible? And you're like, yeah, like, we read a lot of the Bible. And you might think it just because, like, we're old, but uh, that's not it. Um, it's not it. It's actually commended by the Apostle Paul to read the scriptures in public. And uh, it's not often you get to read a genealogy, but on this particular day, uh, when we think about the name of God being on us, uh, we should realize that, yes, uh, the name of Jesus is of great importance. Um, I'm going to read our text for us in Numbers chapter number 6. And the Lord, uh, at verse 22, number 6, verse 22, And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and unto his sons, saying, On this wise ye shall Bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel, and I will bless them. The word of the Lord. Now, Father, I pray uh, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. For Jesus, uh, your name is the name that has the power to set us free from every sin. And I pray, O oh God, for whatever entanglements are in our lives at this very moment that are keeping us from um, believing you. Uh, from um, living the fullness of the life of Christ, that uh, your spirit on this very first day of 2023 might work powerfully to free us uh, so that we might live uh, in the grace and truth of Jesus, the name that is above all names. Amen. Our family celebrated uh, Evelyn's third birthday, uh, which was yesterday. And I'm glad to report that she's quite a girl. Um, her personality, her appearance, and her actions are a wonderful blend of her parents. Uh, they have nothing to do, of course, with her grandparents on either side. It's mostly a product of her own parents. The blame goes there or the blessing goes there, right? 
Um, we, can say, uh, we can say that their name uh, is on her. Uh, this, of course, is more than her formal name, Evelyn Juliet Prater. Uh, it also has to include uh, their personalities, how uh, they appear, and, of course, their actions. Uh, this is, of course, one of the most terrifying aspects of being a parent, is that at some point the children are a reflection of the ones who parent them. And uh, we have wonderful parents at our church, and so I think they're doing a grand job, and it's good to see the kids well cared for and following Jesus. That's a good thing. Uh, but uh, this thing of the name being upon a child is much more than simply a formal name. It includes uh, the actual transmission of a DNA, if you will, not only genetically, but also of things like faith or things like, um, you know, how one behaves, you know. Um, when God broke into the world to save it, he did so in order to fulfill a long-standing promise that with his coming, blessing would come. And as we have noted uh, on occasion and should continue to note whenever you hear or sing the hymn, Joy to the World, uh, you need to clue in on that phrase, as far as the curse is found. As far as the curse is found. He comes to make his blessings known as far as the curse is found. You see, like your children, our, our little Evelyn is saddled with the curse. And our parenting can bring a blessing, but the curse always gets in the way of the blessing uh, going beyond the power of the curse of sin and death. Our parenting and our work is limited in this regard, but in Jesus Christ, salvation goes beyond the curse of sin and death which means the promise of number six has eternal implications. Now, eternal implications uh, often in the life of the church is kind of like code word for heaven, right? Oh, he's talking about heaven. No, I'm not. I'm talking about a relationship in which through faith we enter into a life with Christ in which his name comes upon us and his name coming upon us has implications forever which means that the curse which has had such power and control over us now broken will be broken forever the curse does no longer have power over God's people over the children of God in Christ and so when uh, the sons of Aaron announced the blessing that they were putting uh, on the people, the name of God on the people, if you can imagine such a thing uh, as, as a people now delivered, awaiting the promised land, they received this blessing, and Moses tells you know, the children uh, of Aaron, the priestly line, that they will put God's name on the children 
of Israel. I mean, it's an amazing thing uh, to ponder. However you take your own name, you like your first name or you don't like it or your last name, you know, whatever it might be, that's your name, that's one you got, wear it well. But in Christ, his name is on us. Just like uh, here, delivered out of Egypt, the people becoming a nation, God's name placed upon them. And, and of course then, this points us forward uh, to be reminded that when the great high priest Jesus Christ comes, he puts uh, his name on us. The good news of the gospel, as uh, the apostle Peter wrote it, says this, in times past, we were not a people, but now we are the people of God. We, had, we, we have now obtained mercy because we once were without mercy. You see, we were at one time without the name on us. Oh, we may have been good people. We may have done some good things, hardworking, salts of the earth, north country kind of people, making our way in life, but only with our own name. Like all the names that Jude read in the genealogy, which included, by the way, some real scoundrels. And included the names of some men who did some horrible things that, that Solomon was the son of David by the wife of Uriah. Let that sink in. That uh, Ruth, right, was uh, a grandmother of the great King David, even though she was an outsider. And when you go through that list of names, you realize that the only hope for humanity in all of the names that we share is rooted and found in that one name that the, angels, the angel gave before he was born, the name that Joseph gave him, and at his circumcision, he was understood to be Jesus. Jesus. And so when God instructs his people here in number six, we should note that it comes just before the tabernacle is set up, the tabernacle being the temporary location where the offerings would be brought in. It is as if God is telling the people to remember that when they come into the tabernacle to bring their offerings and to receive forgiveness of sins, they come as his people. They don't become his people after the act of sacrifice. The name has already been pronounced. The name has already been put upon them. 
And so now when they come to offer their sacrifices, they can do so with confidence that as God has invited them into the tabernacle where their sins would be remitted and absolved by the priest, they are still bearing God's name and the blessing that is attended with it. It is uh, for a Jew... One of the great prayers, the Shema, that is repeated over and over and over again. Much like we might say the Lord's Prayer or in a liturgical church, the Lord's Prayer is repeated multiple times in a service. The people of Israel would have this prayer on their lips as they woke in the morning, the Lord Bless thee and keep thee, the Lord. Make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. The deliverance out of Egypt so necessary. But God did not stop taking the initiative on behalf of his people after the deliverance from Egypt. He continues to take the initiative. This is a precursor of what the Apostle Paul would write at the end of chapter number 5. Grace reigning through the righteousness of God. The people undeserving of his name being placed upon them. But it, wasn't, it would never be able to be deserved because they were sinners. This is God taking the initiative in action. But as we know, in the brief history of Israel, none of those save two who came out of Egypt made it into the land of promise. They were limited in their ability to apprehend They were slow to believe. Their story of rebellion in the wilderness is unfortunate. As the anger of God rose against the people because they refused to believe him. But God did not cast them aside. He continued to pursue them with his love. He continued to pursue them with his mercy. Why? Because his name was on them coming of Jesus into the world is the final action that God took on behalf of his people for it is in Jesus now that the fullness of the blessing comes that the fullness of the name of God on us is experienced the good news of the gospel is that the fuller intention of God completed now in Jesus to us because just as the people of Israel were intended to bring the blessing of God into the world, and in their failure they did not accomplish it, God took action, and in Christ the faithful Israelite now brings the blessing of his name to the entire world, even to us today. And if you can imagine that our world today is filled with people who were undeserving, who were Uh, without mercy, but now in Christ have received mercy, and because in Christ they have received mercy, they have received his name. 
whatever their ethnicity may be, whatever their economic status might be, whatever form of government they exist under, whatever color of skin they might have, God, who in mercy extends the gospel to them, gives them his name. Which is why, of course, Paul writes in Romans chapter 15 that when he comes to them, he comes with the fullness of the blessing of Christ. This fullness of blessing is contained in the proclamation of the gospel that through faith in Jesus, sins are not only forgiven, but we receive the name of God on us. He said, I appreciate my upbringing. I really do. And there are times I know that it sounds like I don't. But I want to tell you something. The reductionist view of salvation that I was given and taught throughout my life that what was really the most important thing was to know that my sins were forgiven. Believe in Jesus and you get your sins forgiven and you get to go to heaven. That's true. But what was not given to me was a good understanding of what that meant in the dailiness of my life. That the name of God was on me. That it was more than, you know, my, my uh, you know, uh, sins being forgiven and hope to get to heaven one day. Know that because my sins were forgiven, God's name placed upon me that I now have the ability to live free of sin, the power of sin broken. And just as Israel would come into the tabernacle with the name of God on them, so we are invited to come boldly before the throne of grace that we might find grace and mercy to help in time of need because we, just like the Israelites, have our times of rebellion. We have our times of unbelief. We find ourselves wandering around in a wilderness, wondering, well, how did I get here? <laughs> I was doing so well last month. Now I'm here complaining that I don't have whatever, and you know, it seems like I'm not getting anywhere in my faith. And God says, well, my name's still on you. My name's still on you. You can come boldly before his throne, bearing the name of Jesus to find mercy and to find grace to help in time of need. And just as the priest would pronounce the blessing on the children of Israel, so through God's grace and the Holy Spirit and the word of God and through the church, we pronounce the blessing of the name of Jesus on us. We are Christians after all, aren't we? Aren't we Christians formed as little Christs in this world bearing the name of Jesus? If God has taken saving action in Jesus and if we are invited to share in the life of Jesus to have God's name on us is of great importance. And how does this happen? Well, of course it happens just as it happened for the children of Israel as they go into the tabernacle and their sins are forgiven. So we come into Jesus Christ through faith in him and have our sins are forgiven. And no longer then do we go through a priest. We have the great high priest, Jesus Christ himself, who daily intercedes 
for you and for me, can you imagine? All of the work, the priestly work that Jesus is doing on our behalf as we sin against him in thought, word, and in deed, and what we have done and what we have left undone. But there is Jesus standing in the gap for us. Because as David Dave Hulk read from the book of Galatians, it was in the fullness of time that God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. And what comes with it when we're redeemed from the law? What did he read? Adoption as sons. Brought into a real relationship with God whose name is on us. And of course it doesn't end there. The intention of the gospel then is to bring us in the fullness of the image of the one whose name is on us. We are image bearers. Our sons have been in our house with us this past week. It's been wonderful. And I look at them and I think what wonderful men they have become. But they bear the image of their mom and their dad. Just as your children do. And yeah, that that can be frightening. It can be a blessing, sure. You see, when we look at each other, we don't look at each other as just there's Brian and there's Rhonda and there's Brother Madsen and there's Dan and there's Chuck and, you know, there's, hey, Anna, hey, Andrew, by the way, welcome, you know. Oh, Ian, Ian Slate's here too, welcome, Ian. No, we look and we see where there's brothers and sisters in Christ adopted together. We're all bearing the same name. The name of God in Christ. And we know, sadly, that the leaders of Israel did not complete their job. They did not complete their work. They failed at the task of bringing the people fully into the image of the one whose name they were bearing. And there's a wonderful passage in Ezekiel. And this sermon has gone way too long already. But I'm going to read this passage anyway. And, and you'll just count it as the longest sermon of this year. And from here on out, it'll be smooth sailing. Um, I mean, you don't have anything going on today, right? You're all okay? All right. Um, go to Ezekiel. Have you been to, have you been to Ezekiel's house lately? Uh, not, not that Ezekiel over there, Zeke Nye. Have you been to Ezekiel's house? It's a tough book. Um, I mean, sometimes like, I'm forced to read it, but it's good when I do. I want you to listen to something. I want you to listen to Ezekiel chapter number 34. It's an amazing chapter. It's an amazing chapter. It's a chapter filled with failure of the shepherds of Israel who were feeding themselves and not feeding the flock. And and, and, in this great distress, here's what God says in verse 11. Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of all places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. And I will bring them out from the people and gather them from their countries and I will bring them to their own land And feed them upon the mountains of Israel, by the rivers, and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them in a good pasture, and upon the high mountains of Israel shall be their fold, and they shall lie in the good fold, 
and in a fat pasture shall they feed upon the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock. I will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord. I will seek that which was lost and bring again that which was driven away and will bind up that which was broken and will strengthen that which was sick, but I will destroy the fat and the strong and I will feed them with judgment. Now when did God do that? When did God come as a shepherd seeking his sheep? Well, listen again at the end of Ezekiel 34. Thus, verse 30, thus shall they know that I am the Lord their God and with them, and that they, even the house of Israel, are my people, saith the Lord God, and ye are the flock of my pastures, are men. I am your God, saith the Lord. I am your God, saith the Lord. This personal salvation that comes through the great shepherd of the sheep, Jesus Christ's coming, and the great responsibility of the church then to proclaim the name of Jesus as the name not only above all names, but as the name that is on us, the name that we bear, our shepherd. His name is on us. I mean, it is an incredible thing to ponder and consider. As you move forward into this calendar year, as I move forward into this calendar year, with all of the uncertainties and all of the things that are, you know, look so bleak down the road that God in Christ has stepped in and that God in Christ has done something for us, he has put his name on us. He has put his name on us. This is what John the Apostle saw when he wrote in John 1, that when he looked at Jesus, he beheld the glory of God that was full of grace and full of truth. And this is what Jesus did when he came to earth. He came in the fullness of the glory of God, but not detached from the needs of people. He carried out Proverbs 31, which says, Speak up for the people who have no voice, for the rights of all the misfits. Speak out for justice. Stand up for the poor and destitute. And that is exactly what Jesus did, and that is exactly what Jesus continues to do today. He does so in this room. There are times when you feel like a misfit. There are times when you feel like you have lost your way. That you have no voice. That justice indeed lies dead in the streets. Remember that we have a Savior whose name is on us. The blessing of God has been announced in Jesus. May we by his grace bear his name well. And in doing so, may he receive the glory and the praise for all that he is doing in us and through us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you for listening to this message by Pastor Ken Prater of Durkeytown Baptist Church in Fort Edward, New York. You may freely copy and distribute this message, but please do so at no charge and without altering the contents in any way. For more information about Durkeytown, please visit our website at www.durkeytown.org.